Right. And that's the right. issue at hand is, is that, and, and this is, keep in mind, we're just debating a simple law about whether or yeah. not you can warm up your no. car. <laughs> no, this, this goes to anything. This goes to any law. And this is what I wanted to talk about. The different way laws are used. Look, Rogue One, I'm a MAGA douchebag on Twitter, thinks it won't happen. What I'm saying is that it can. You can also use a hammer to open a door. It's not the correct way to do it, but people do it. <laughs> you know? It's time now for something positive. Might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. A way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. And we are right back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I feel the same way. It, it, here's the thing is what we're talking about. We're saying salt is better than pepper. And to me, it takes both to, for the world to work in harmony. And so I, having no Republican input on things and just obstruction irritates me because they're they're just not allowing advancements to happen with rational conversation. I want to know what their, what their feelings are to the voting rights. I don't want to hear them say it's not happening because we all know the suppression is happening. It yep. happened to me in Florida. I have no right to vote. You know what I mean? So right now I don't have a right to vote coming up in the fall in the next year, more people are going to lose their right to vote. Look, if you can't, if you can't assist somebody in voting in Florida, guess what? 80% of our population is over a hundred. You know what I mean? Like, mm. but I don't see police pulling over buses from the villages going to cast their votes. I see them uh, stopping souls to the polls buses though. And that's a problem for me. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not uniformly enforced, which is my problem with every law in the South. The laws that you propose in the North might seem rational, but they are misused and abused in the South. And that's why the Fed has to have something overarching when it comes to this, because yeah. they'll go, they just go too far. And now people in Texas are losing their votes. Oh, absolutely. And that's, and, and I mean, you know how I stand on anything, like when it comes to a lot of these laws, I know that they, everybody gets, everybody gets this whole idea that, oh, my law is going to fix everything. And then it gets disproportionately used against uh -huh. a certain minority. And then it's like, okay, cool. That didn't fix anything. I have it's, a gun to protect myself. Oh, somebody took it and killed somebody. Everything will be used in the opposite way by somebody, you know? Right. Or I have a gun to protect myself. Oh, I can't have that because I'm black and, you know, once upon a time <laughs> smoked a joint. <laughs> you know, and that's, but yeah. that's the reality of it is, is that's that, right. you know, when you looked at, when you look at the history of it, it that's what's so wild about it is, is that the history of it is just absolutely insane. It's, but then it's, to deny that history, 
because you're a privileged guy that it had never had it affect you. That was my issue with Rogue One. I'm a mega douchebag, which isn't his real name on Twitter. I I just had to keep telling him, dude, your entitlement is showing because he's like, it won't be used that way. And I was like, your entitlement is showing because it has been like there's hundreds of thousands of black people in prison based on misusing laws to incarcerate them and take their right to vote away. <laughs> like, <laughs> How do you not know that about, about America? You know? And that's the thing is, is like, <laughs> that's those, everybody knows that that's everybody knows that that's the case. Think about it. Yeah. Why is it that sometimes you get pulled over for speeding and you get a warning and sometimes you get pulled over for speeding, to get a ticket. Right. It's, it's about, discretion and the question uh-huh. is whose discretion are you at at any given point in time that's right i guarantee you when i got pulled over uh with a gun in my car you know i got pulled over with a gun in my car i had my permit saying hey i'm allowed to have this i'm very open and honest but that easily could have changed had the person that was sitting in the driver's seat not been me and that's right. the difference is, is understanding that there is the ideal way that the law should be applied. And then there is the way that it is or is not applied. And that's, that's right. where the issue is at hand is, is that everybody looks at application and makes the, and makes this determination fun. This is a fun one here in Washington state, uh, in Washington state. Uh, now, okay. So question growing up in the Midwest, did you ever start your car uh, and let it idle and let it run yeah. and then go back inside because fuck that you're not sitting out there while it's freezing cold and, and fall asleep and run out of gas? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, growing up in Montana, yeah. you go out in the morning, you start your fucking car. It's 50 below outside. You ain't fucking sitting yeah. out there while your car warms up. You go Automatic back inside. Car starters work with heat too. Yeah. Yeah, if you were rich enough to, you know, buy a car that had a starter in it, we had a good old cat's heater or or a block heater and you just run your fucking ass outside and you start your car blanket for your motor. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And so, and so I'd go out and I'd go start, I go start my car up and then fucking run back inside in Washington state. That's illegal. You cannot go start your car, go back inside and leave it unattended. That's crazy. And what's funny is, is, is that. I saw this argument take place uh, and a friend and I, we were, we were talking about this, you know, about how it's illegal to, you know, let your car warm up without you in it in the state of Washington. Well, not too far from her house. Um, the, somebody had actually started their car to let it warm up and then their car got stolen. And so one of the, you know, everybody's like, oh, what's coming down? What's this world coming to these days? Where's, you know, this is Joe Biden's America. And then somebody posted the RCW about how it's illegal to let your car warm up without you in it. And you would have just thought that, you know, it's like the whole, like, you know, breaking the law thing. It's like, well, here's the law. This has obviously been broken. Well, officers right. have discretion. Mm-hmm. So basically it's, you want laws, but you don't want them enforced when it applies to you. Okay, cool. So, so if you start from just that base, like what laws are enforced that you don't want applied to you? Well, if you don't want them applied to you, then they shouldn't be applied at all. Period. End of story. (laughs) Right. And that's why it was a law is because they were trying to reduce car theft and global warming. 
<laughs> more the car theft than the global warming. Well, but... Of course, but you have Jay Inslee, so I have to throw yeah. global warming in there because that's in everything. And honestly, letting my car run for an hour does more to affect the economy. Yeah. The, the global warming. Like going meatless for one meal a week saves a month's worth of car carbon. Like it's an equivalent. So that's a big thing, you know? You know, and, and, to me, it's like, you know, I look at some of this stuff and it's like, okay, let's, let, you know, let's, let's actually figure this out. Like, what is the issue at hand? Like, does that mean that, you know, like, for example, this is a great one. So it's illegal to leave your car running. Like you have to understand the context of the law. The context of the law is when was that law written and put in place? It wasn't that global warming was the issue for right. the car running. The issue was, is that people would put their key in their car, leave it running, leave their car unlocked, and then their car would get stolen. Right. And that just takes away police resources to try and find and recover a fucking vehicle. Or a worse thing that's happened actually in my neighborhoods were kids getting into the cars and or that getting, getting hurt. Exactly. And so the context of these laws is also important to understand. Was it actually a global warming thing? So if so if you have a car that has a remote start on it, Mm-hmm. And your car stays locked and your car is warming up. Is that still an issue because of the remote start? If you're black, yeah. Because what that would mean is, is that in that case, you know, let's be real honest. The whole point of having remote start in your car is so that way your car can warm up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. does that mean that remote start should be illegal because you can't have your car running unattended? Yeah. Or are we talking about in the context of global warming? Because either way, then remote start should be illegal by that standard if you're going to try and apply the law. Hmm. So if the issue is, is that we don't want cars to be stolen, but you have the mechanisms in place that, number one, allow the car to run, but number two, stay secured, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be a problem. But if your issue is that you don't want your car, you don't want cars running unattended because of global warming, then that doesn't work. And so like the context of that when these laws are written is very important to understand mm-hmm. and so now that i've gotten your attention on how context is where uh, is written i'd like to introduce you to critical race theory. <laughs> <laughs> so so when yes. you think about that it, it, the context in which these laws are written you, you in modern days we're going to be lucky enough to understand and be able to see the debate and discussion as to why the laws were put in place courts are going to be able to look at that information and and put rulings in place based on that if the answer was they wanted to cut down on vehicle thefts okay so does does the same law apply if your vehicle is locked but running and now somebody can't get into it because in other words automatic car start should be mandatory instead of illegal Exactly. Or if you're looking at it from the standpoint of global warming, that would make, that would mean that you don't want a car running unless somebody's in it and they're about to go somewhere. That means that what you then have is you have something that is uh, illegally allowing people to pollute the environment. You can take and apply that law in either way. At the end of the day, it's the same law that vehicles cannot be running unattended and that context is what allows you to try and decide how that law is interpreted and And that forcing that on a corporate level when semis just sit there and run and warm up for an hour you know you know and and so now think about how people are going to be willing to apply that law oh this for military family he was supposed to go to work but now his 
are you really going to give a vet a, 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 or an active member a ticket because they were warming their vehicle up so that way they could right. go to the base? Or the like, I don't know any guy, cop that's going to want to give that ticket. The UPS guy gets out of his truck to deliver a package, leaves his car running. That's bad. How do you enforce that? A semi delivers a trailer, sits in the dock, leaves it running, goes in to get something to eat. Is that illegal? It just doesn't make sense to me. A cab driver that sits there, you know, and, like you could go on and on. And that's the thing is, is like that, that mechanism. Now you have two ways to give somebody a ticket for that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, your vehicle's unattended. You know, you left it unlocked. It could be, it got stolen. You're getting a ticket for that. Oh, you know, we're, you know, I'm super concerned about the environment and the fact that you left your car out there running is polluting the environment and it's causing harm to people. So I'm going to give you a ticket for that. Right. No, it's, it's, and, and then, then you have the question of who is that going to be applied to? Who is that going to be applied to? Is that going well, who's to be going to be, a, who's it going to be applied by? I think who's it going to be a question, the well, person with the discretion and the discrimination. <clears throat> It's discrimination or the discriminative behavior or thoughts. That's the person that's going to apply it. But who is that going to be applied to by a guy, a a white man that hates women. That's a misogynist is going to be harder on a perceived female than he is another alpha man. Right. And a, a guy that is racist is going to be harder on a Muslim or a black person than you or I. And that's just the truth. And that's the problem with laws is how they're interpreted. And, the, and, and so that's where this idea of discretion is a, is a serious problem. If, if the answer is your vehicle is running unattended and you're getting a ticket, doesn't matter if you are warming it up, doesn't matter. Right. It, it doesn't matter if it's locked. It's just ticket. Then right. it, that's the way that it's got to be applied. There should be no quote unquote discretion. But if there is discretion, then you need to clarify the law to where to the point that there is not. Right. And that's the but issue I, at hand is, is that, and, and this is, keep in mind, we're just debating a simple law about whether or yeah. not you can warm up your no. car. <laughs> no, this, this goes to anything. This goes to any law. And this is what I wanted to talk about. The different way laws are used. Look, Rogue One, I'm a mega douchebag on Twitter, thinks it won't happen. What I'm saying is that it can. You can also use a hammer to open a door. It's not the correct way to do it, but people do it. <laughs> you know? Right. So, so there, so there you go. Like if I really wanted to politicize this question, I would say that if I were a conservative, the way that I would apply this whole, you can't have your car running is that, you know, the law states, you can't have your car running. You got your car stolen because it was running and unattended. I don't care who you are. You're getting a ticket for this. Oh, but it's got remote start. Well, I guess that's doesn't matter. But, you know, if you're, you know, if you're going to apply it like that, you got to apply it like that from the left side of the perspective, it's you're hurting my environment. So based on that, I'm going to getting your car stolen. Yeah. It's like, you know, Oh, I understand it's cold and I want you to be able to feel warm, but now you're hurting my environment. I'm giving you a ticket. I can't trust you to make the right decision. So So, I need to make you. So the idea that, that something as simple can't have a left or a right interpretation is absolutely bullshit because you can do that now take something far more and take now take something far more complex and far more nuanced in some cases Mm -hmm. and voila you have this breeding ground for people to interpret these laws 
right. in ways that benefit them. And that's or what's happening. Sneak in, sneak in a little law that supports their version, right? And then suddenly their version is mainstream because, yes, voting should be protected. Why? 400, 400 votes. You know what I mean? It's not like we need 400 bills to combat 400 election fraud <laughs> right know, cases right so, but that's my issue and i was going to talk about hate crimes and i had a poll on twitter do you think Ooh. hate crimes are over sensationalized or underreported and of course underreported was the answer because there was 8000 victims of 11000 hate crimes and i was looking because people are saying that discrimination against the disabled is on the rise and so i wanted to find proof of that and it is it's about 1.4 percent of the hate crimes but my question is and that's how i got back to where you were was okay it's a hate crime but states don't want their their state to be known for hate crimes counties don't want to be known for allowing hate crimes so much like a rape victim it's diminished or discounted and not taken as a hate crime like you know what I mean? Or, or suddenly... I would say that when 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 a, a great chunk of your voting base are going to be people who have perpetrated hate crimes, right? Like you you look at you like that whole like issue of, you know, I need you to denounce white supremacy, but you won't fucking say it. You won't fucking mm -hmm. say the words because why? Because that's I don't want to alienate my voting base. Right. Like I don't fucking want anybody who thinks they're a white supremacist fucking voting for me. Fuck you. Right. You know, I you look at what Orrin that... Hatch said. Orrin Hatch was like, "My brother didn't die in Europe to let Nazi ideals, per, you know, you know, progress here in America." You right. know, and that dude is a staunch Republican. Well, I think I think a lot of it, like your electric car start to to anything, is my choice, my consequences. But when the consequences are bigger and affect other people, I think that's when we need a broader solution. And not all of it is another law. Look how many problems we could solve just by eliminating laws. What if a legislature just went through their catalog of laws and eliminated old discounted ones like the one you just talked about? You know, if we could get back to mainlining the 10 commandments of laws like think about it as uh, if you commit harm to another person that's something we need to address but if you're committing harm to yourself that's your choice your consequences that's and i think you need actually to look at laws more that way i want to say that's what actually what montana's doing right now is right they do uh, that every 10 years right 30 30 um, um, but the governor, uh, the current governor, not exactly a supporter of him, basically came out and said, it's like, we need to go through the laws that are on the books and, and uh, cut the red tape out that doesn't make sense and get rid of the laws that don't make sense. Yeah. But honestly, and, it has to go from one party to another. Like, absolutely. Go ahead, Republicans, make your notes. Democrats, make your notes. And where there's common ground, those are eliminated. Absolutely. But if you don't both agree, then no, it stays. You know? then, then, then then, I'd say then that's where we have our discussion and that's where we mm -hmm. have our debate. And if, you know, if law it doesn't, per law. You know, if it doesn't, if, if it has to stay on the books, it has to stay on the books. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but if, right. but if for, if, but if all parties sit down and go, this law doesn't make any sense, mm -hmm. then it's like, all right, cool. Let's get this fucking thing out of here. Right. But I think it should like, I don't know if they could sit down in these days, but if Republicans made their notes, Democrats made their notes, and then they got together and 
put it up on a board and the Venn diagrams were just eliminated and then the outliers were just pushed to another day. I'd be okay with that. Well, that's, I mean? And that's the thing is, is that I think if, if these, if the parties would encourage regular order again, yeah. if the, if they would, if, if we got past this fucking insane us versus them, the, mm-hmm. the other party is the enemy. Yeah. If, and and actually sat down and had these conversations. I guarantee you, you would have more things happen, like clarifying this electoral college law of 1887. Of you know, you would have you would have more you would have more discussion on, and be able to get more people to. It's like, look, you know, it used to be that you know you gave your token resistance, but you knew on the back end, it's like you're we're passing this, and you know you're going to pass one of ours. When, when, when everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. And when you're obstructing everything based on a priority, nothing's a priority and you become a do nothing. Mm -hmm. But the filibuster being ahead of debate is the issue. I think we all should debate. And then yes, there should be a talking filibuster. Everybody should have their say. Everybody should try and sway everybody. But I also believe that those people are trying to sway the opinions of the people that rep that they're being represented. So Ted Cruz might have an opinion, but in the end, it should be the people of his district or his state that form the opinion that he votes on. We don't elect him so he can go hunt Big Bird because nobody's paying him to hunt Big Bird. You know what I mean? Well, this is where I, this is where I think, like especially on a federal level, one of the things, you know, when you look at what we do on a federal level, we only vote for people on a federal level, and I really think that we need more direct democracies. Like I really Me do too. think that. You know, there are going to be times where we need to have, as a country, a vote on certain topics. Like, do we want voter rights legislation to be passed? And the old Gallup put, poll, right? Put not even that, like actual fucking ballot. Put that out there. A referendum. A referendum. National things like that. Every marijuana. Every marijuana. Yeah. I wouldn't say every month. I would definitely do it every November. Like, we got a lot. We got a lot of issues to get through. I think uh, uh, every month for the first year might be in order. You know I mean? As much as I would love that, we're already having issues with trying to get people to the polls as it is. I think yeah, I think true. if we can make it to where people can get to the polls on a specific day, I think election day needs to be a holiday period and a story. Definitely. So a that weekend. Way, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, some, uh, some point where people, you know, people are able to get in and get their vote. Uh, yes. So yes. I think that's I think that's important to to definitely have in this country. But at the same time, too, um, I think that there are certain things. You know, when when it was harder for us to communicate and harder for us to vote uh, mm-hmm. because of the logistics of you know the old days. Right. I you know having these indirect democracies, these representative democracies made more sense. But now, given where we're at, it makes more sense to allow the people the chance to have referendums on topics. Like, yes. should mar- should marijuana be legalized? I guarantee you that that would probably look to be about 70% saying yes. And if Does that mean 100% have to live under that? And, and I, well, and that's the thing is, is that federally, if it's, if it's, if it's a not a, if it's not criminalized, then the the feds get out of the way. States can decide whatever oh, they want to do. Okay, with okay. that. So so if the states decide, yeah, no, we're not ready to implement that yet, they can still criminalize it because then the law. What does it say? You cannot have. Uh, you know your your laws can definitely be stricter than 
the feds. Right, but the fed the the constitution supersedes any state law. So so but basically what it says, you know, so if we said that, you know, you know, weed is not federally illegal, and that's really all you have to put it is okay. that from the from the standpoint of the feds, it's not an illegal product. That right. allows criminalization, not yep. legalizing. That allows banks and businesses to be able to operate in every single sense of the word of normal. These right. people are already doing it and they're already paying taxes on it. So why That's the fuck right. not let them be able, you know, let every state decide whether or not they're going to, you know, how they're going to set it up or if they're going it's to set just, it up. It's, it's just stifling an economy that's ready to grow. America keeps making these markets, green technology, uh, cannabis. We're making these new markets that have never been seen before, renewable energies. And like a minority of the country is like, no, that scares us. We don't want change. We want the 1950s again. Like you heard Mitch McConnell's like black and Americans. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Jesus Christ. Like, and that's the way. No, that it's. It, we all knew that's how he felt, though. We know we all know that's how Republicans in general feel that they want. Somebody said Joe Biden asked, "What are they for?" And I had to respond on Twitter: "The 1950s. Every one of their policies are related to going back to the 1950s. So they're scared of advancement. But we just, we're going to lose the we're going to lose the green industry to China. We're going to lose the cannabis industry to China." Fuck, I don't want to smoke no. Chinese weed. Their oh. toys are covered in lead paint. So we need to we need to capitalize on capitalism where capitalism is growing and we need to eliminate where capitalism is shrinking like like uh coal. There's 2500 coal plants on the entire planet. It's not a big industry. We could eliminate it and move those jobs through education to other places where it's booming, like renewable resources. But we're not because people are scared. Ohio, I mean, do you think the people that built cars in Ohio know how to make a microchip? Do you, do you think there's 3,000 people in Ohio right now to know how to make a microchip? No. But in a year, that's there going to be, be the biggest that's going to be the biggest microchip plant in the world and that's going to be in Ohio and to me that's exciting and, and and that's not just Joe Biden that is the government of Ohio Republicans and Democrats working together to come up with a proposal that would get Intel there it was Donald Trump creating a tax structure that that corporations liked causing them to shrink their supply chain and it's Joe Biden's stability that that allowed them to create that that is everybody it's not like Donald Trump keeping carrier in Indiana for six months. That was one man trying to do one thing and he failed, but a whole of government approach to bringing businesses back and shortening supply chains that worked, that worked. Mm -hmm. And it took Democrats and Republicans state community and national to get it done. And that's what happens. And that's what can continue to happen if we don't, try and resist these advancements who fuck knows what a microchip does not 3000 people in ohio but they will like you said and that's going to spawn how many businesses around there from target to applebees to independent mom and pop shops bookstores and education and what that's going to do to ohio before 2024 is going to make people realize that politics is bullshit and community is awesome when you can all work together again you and know? and on top of that you know what would be great is once you get that fucking chip shop up and running, it's time to turn Detroit 
back into the motor city but make it the electric motor city let's get that let's get that bitch back up and running the best fucking cars came out of detroit and we all know that but i do want to say intel i really hope you avoid putting your chips in um dell computers because dell's based in texas and i don't believe any corporations in texas deserve my money because their taxes go to fund policies that strip people of their rights so i and every every other day pizza hut sends me an email and i tell them their pizza tastes like oppression because they're also based in texas and i won't eat pizza Hut. and i tell people please don't eat pizza hut because you're based in texas and you're funding these 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 um politicians that are making these oppressive laws please don't do that all i know is is that i love intel for moving to ohio and not texas like i am fully in support of intel at this point all i know is is that i found um i found out that one of the local pizza joints here uh they have more than just red sauce and white sauce they had a pesto sauce we ended up doing a pesto uh chicken bacon pizza wow oh my god i'm i'm in love it was everything that i wanted out of a pizza oh my god i i i bought 15 big cans of tomato sauce and i made my i canned my own tomato sauce mushrooms and pesto i put pesto in there and then i mm. balanced it with the oregano and basil and then i i some garlic and mushrooms and onions and sauteed all that and put the sauce in Dude, it's beautiful. You know what I mean? It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't have all the yucky, all the yummy without all the yucky. I love canning. I did it with chili beans and made a vegan chili, which is fucking awesome. You know what else is good? Mm. The Morning Star Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. Yes. The veggie chorizo tastes just like Teresa without all the grindiness that comes mm-hmm. with the, you know what I mean? This is so, this is a struggle for me. And it's, it's, I don't like, personally i don't like all of these plant-based options trying to call themselves meat-based options right and and, and to me it's like i get why they're doing it because they're trying to market as the alternative Mm -hmm. but for me the cognitive dissonance because i'm expecting like a real meat taste and texture and it's not yeah right the thing is it's like like it's taken me a minute to get it out of my head it's like this is not going to taste like what it says it tastes like so start from scratch start with no expectations and a lot of the stuff that i end up having i i actually there's a there's quite a few things that i've had for morning start i'm like okay that's actually fucking gross i don't like that oh yeah the grillers was gross like that's not meat at all no no i like their i like their quote-unquote sausage like it Mm -hmm. tastes really great it's definitely doesn't taste like sausage at all right no but i think it's a great addition to like like my fucking sandwiches i think it's fantastic like when i'm looking for just something a little bit extra it's it's delicious their chicken nuggets don't taste like chicken but when i bake them and then tear them up and put them on a salad it actually makes a great addition to a salad it's fantastic so it's not like like especially as i get older and i realize i definitely need to add more plant material to my diet and still keep eating my steaks right (laughs) still keep eating my meat but i also need to like like for me that cognitive dissonance has been real like it was real hard Uh for me to get over and so as i've as i've like learned how to reset my expectations when trying something Mm -hmm. like i've been learning how to expand the things that i'm willing to eat because of that and that's cool and so 
what I hate is the impossible Whopper where they put 40 ingredients in there that are bad for me to create one veggie style something. Dude, the, impo- like, the impossible burgers are worse for you than the regular burger is. Exactly. And that's, that's the worst point. part. Yes. But what I try and do is proportionate intake. So if I have a steak, that's cool, but it's going to be one third of my plate. It's not going to be a giant steak, a giant potato and a little veggie. It has to be a combination where they're all equal portions. You know what I mean? Because for a diabetic, meat is gold. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's a tough thing to get rid of. But I also realized for me, it's the preservatives. It's it's the things they put in food to make them last longer that hurt me. And that's why I love canning my own chili beans, because there's none of that. There's no additives. There's no colorings. It's just Mm-hmm. Me, me and my sauce. And that's what I like. It's the same thing with, I can get a Stouffer's lasagna. Ah, that's going to hurt my body so bad for about two days because I'm not used to all the preservatives. I can't go to McDonald's and eat a burger and not taste complete salt, you know? And that's, so now I have to make my own foods like this, but honestly, just cheese ravioli with some sauce. That's good. I just dumped a bunch of mushrooms in with and it it just all evens out yes like the carbs are bad in the ravioli but when i have twice as much meal in other forms then it it balances out absolutely you know that's i think that's that's one of the things that i i need to figure out how to do more of is do some more canning so that way like you know on my weekends when i have that urge to you know make something and preserve it i can actually just do that yeah because i would i would love to have i would love to get into the habit of doing stuff like that yeah. you know because i had a lot of jars yeah i took you know because i used to do that a lot uh you know we did that a lot when i was a kid we had a bunch of different sure. stuff so i just need to actually like figure out what it is i need to get in order to do it and you know whether it's like an electric canning setup or something like that i just I'll, you know the the people that lived here before left a box full of mason jars so i washed them and yeah i just made the sauce put it in there set it on the set it in the fridge and the the lids collapsed as it cooled and I was oh yeah like, there the, it is you oh know? yeah there's there's a lot of it where yeah that's all you got to do is you just got to get yeah. it hot enough and then it'll seal on its own but there's some certain things that i want to make and store mm-hmm. where i actually need to have like a canning setup because i need to have yeah. it pressured like jellies and mm-hmm. um oh there's some like i tried making i don't know if you guys know what jardinera is but it's like hot peppers in pickled hot peppers oh yeah no i know what that is that's the my my uh my mom used to my Mm. no my grandmother used to make that all the time i love it and it goes perfect on a chicago beef and i've been trying to work on that i just didn't realize because i i didn't research this stuff i just bought 10 pounds things of jalapenos cut them up put them in vinegar and oil and then i came back the next day and the oil was just congealed at the top and i was like well these suck (laughs) so i tried again but then i'm watching bobby flay bobby flay beat bobby flay is a real interesting show because it brings in other people and i love that it reminded me of us but i learned these little things like you got to boil it in vinegar and sugar you know and then can it Oh, my personal favorite was uh, there was like the, one of those chef shows where you had to impress like all these different chefs right. and they were just like, they were like, you know, the, the course was fried chicken. And of course everybody did their own thing. And, you know, they had like their proprietary list of ingredients. And what was yeah. it? This person was they're like, Oh my God, this is the best fried chicken I've ever had. And they're all like, Oh my God, I don't understand how you did this. The guy's like, yeah, it's just salt, pepper, Crisco and flour. That's and right. they were all like, what <laughs> that's right 
It's That's like how Bobby that stuff- beats everybody is by doing it simple, but adding flavors, but not trying to do too much. Exactly. You know? You know, some of that stuff, like it's like you, you do it simple and it turns out fucking amazing, incredible. Yeah. Or then you end up having, you know, you end up like Debbie and you have Debbie's nose and, and they can just create every fucking flavor under the sun and it's delicious. Mm. Really? I think that's a kitchen thing. Like I've okay. been in kitchens where no matter what I do, what I made tastes good. And I've been in kitchens where no matter what I do, that food just comes out like crap. You know? Oh, well for, for me, like, because I just don't have the same sense of smell. Like I mm. can't, I can't taste when something is spiced. Like I, I can't figure out what yeah. spicing looks like. I know what um, you mean. It's more of an art and Debbie's great at that. But like when it comes to baking, I'm fantastic at baking. Me too. Me too. My cookies rule the world. My chocolate chip cookies rule the world. I told my roommate, I was like, these are for you because you did a good thing, but I don't make these for everybody. <laughs> Consider yourself special. And he was like, because I made fudge, peanut butter fudge, but I used mm-hmm. cocoa, cocoa powder, and it turned out to diminish the taste. I couldn't taste anything. So I chopped up the fudge and made cookies. <laughs> hey. And it was awesome. You know, he's like, what is that? And I'm like, that's the fudge I didn't like. And he's like, these are good. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. So I'm glad. I'm glad you like bacon. What do you like bacon? Uh, cookies, cakes, breads. Those are like my biggest staples. Mm, I um, like a banana bread. That's for sure. I do a pumpkin chocolate chip bread that apparently made my 90 year old neighbors fight over who got the last piece. That's cool. Um, that's awesome. And so that was that was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I I do like to get out of my own head. I like to bake, and so you know. I, it's I, very looking, measured. I could see why you would like that. It's very measured and precise. Mm-hmm. It's not it's just willy nilly throwing spices in like a chili where you have right. to layer them in over and over. It's like, here's the amount of flour. Here's the amount of cornstarch. If I use too much baking powder, shit's going to explode. You know? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like for me, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's very much based in science, but then a little bit to, to taste. Right. Whereas, whereas, you know, cooking is like a little bit of measuring, but the rest of it is all just art. And, and right. that Debbie and I've had that conversation multiple times. It's like the reason Debbie is good at cooking is because, you know, there's, there's a general direction, but you get this whole canvas to play with. Whereas right. when it comes to baking, it's like, this is very precise, very measured. And then, okay, we'll do a little bit to taste. Right. Yeah. Chili would be more like a painting, like an oil painting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to, I, on Twitter, I, I put some of the topics we were going to discuss and uh, my, my head going into this, I I've for about three years, Everything that I do, every routine I have is, is umbrellaed under pain, you know, mm-hmm. like for about three years, it has been a consistent pain that goes from like a 10 to a 20 back down to a 10. And I wanted to, and I know that you are an expert on pain. I know Emily, she, she's a veteran of pain and I know Devi's disability is pain. And I just wanted people to understand that. I mean, maybe you can explain, does pain affect your mental health? Oh, absolutely. do you think pain is one of the main contributors of mental health diminishing? Uh, I would say it is a main contributor. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about this? But I mean, Brain, how many people in America do you think honestly just deal, deal with, with chronic pain? pain? Yeah. Oh, I would, I would bet that there's probably, I mean, 
kind of pain. I'm trying to think of when I was working in the hospital system, one of the things that we were looking at was people with chronic pain because there was a two-part issue there. Number one, how do we keep them off of opioids? Because we, we knew where that would go. Right. But number two, like, you know, this was a study that I was actually going to be a part of before I ended up getting a different job was, you know, is mental health affecting pain or is pain affecting mental health? And, and that mm-hmm. was, that was going to be a really interesting, uh, really interesting test. That is interesting because I can focus on a pain until it drills into my soul until that pain, that two pain is a 10 pain because all I do is focus on it. And right. then there's times when I can ignore something and then like an hour later be like, I don't, I'm not in pain. <laughs> right. And I want to, I want to say, 24 hours I've been pain-free because I got a new regimen. So that's what made me want to address it is because suddenly I realized I got eight hours of sleep and I just feel much, much better. And I think people can tell I'm not slurring or stammering over my words. And that's pretty much why, you know? So here's, so, so I would say that this is definitely two parts. Like there's, there's multiple parts to paint, obviously, but there's a couple of ways you can look at this. Number one is how much bandwidth does your brain have? everybody's brain is capable of processing different things. Right. And, and I think this goes to whether or not, you know, I can't say as whether or not you're on the, if you're on the spectrum, how pain affects you versus, you know, mm. somebody like me, who's, you know, Neuro, uh, neural divergence. Yeah. Neurodivergence versus, you know, people with, with, you know, neurotypical brains or people who, um, People who are are you know introverts versus extroverts. People who are fibromyalgia, things like that. Yeah, like everybody's brain has a different way of processing everything. Period. Understand. And every every body part has a different pain. You know, like, exactly. Like if I had a pain in my forearm, that wouldn't be as bad as a pain in my anus. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when it comes down to the brain's ability to process pain, the question is, is how much bandwidth does your brain have for processing mm-hmm. pain? And I think that this is where like, you know, whether or not, you know, there's a, a genetic factor to it. If, you know, cause I, I want to say redheads feel more pain. I, I want to say that's actually scientifically proven. Um, but then neurodivergence and all these different levels, when you have only so much bandwidth to process different things, like think about it this way if you know let's say that you you've you've got this garden hose and you know you cut off the flow uh to half of the hose let's just say let's just say that what happens like like when you think about when you put your thumb over part of the hose oh, and there's more pressure for sure. more pressure and so for people that you know for some people like that lack of bandwidth just destroys their ability to process anything other than pain. Yes. Yeah. And so real hard to focus on routine or cleanliness or, you know, all those routine based things when you have to suddenly stop because you're in too much pain to move. Absolutely. So when you have that pain that you're only able to focus on, and if that pain doesn't go away and subside, it absolutely hurts your mental health because you don't you you don't feel like a a functioning human being and and i'm and i know that there's going to be a lot of other people that are going to be able to speak to this better than i can because i have a permanently torn shoulder 
And know, for me, like I bring it up. I, I, think I have learned how to ignore it most of the time. And so like, it right. doesn't actually take up a whole lot of bandwidth, but there are times when it absolutely comes through. So like the weather, when the weather was changing the other day, all I could feel was my fucking shoulder. <laughs> right. It sucks. I hate being a human barometer, but, but I also know that, you know, like for me, most of the time I'm able to get relief through simple things like, you know, taking some ibuprofen, even though I really shouldn't be taking ibuprofen anymore. Right. I can at least get myself managed for a little bit and let that mm-hmm. work its way out. Right. But for other people where that pain is constant, whether it's joint pain, rheumatoid disease, uh, you any, name it. Any pain. Yeah. Migraines. Um, that absolutely when that does not go away that absolutely starts to affect your mental health when you think about it like our bodies run on a very well we there's a there's a baseline normal and if all we can do is focus on the thing that hurts we're not able to enjoy things that give us dopamine that improve our levels our, our, right. our, our happiness levels, our functioning levels. So your brain essentially starts to starve of dopamine. And then, you know, it absolutely works you into a depression. Now, from my perspective, so before the injury, before I had anything wrong, I had severe depression, severe clinical depression. And that mm-hmm. chemistry of my, my body chemistry affected my brain so much that everything hurt. Mm-hmm. So it abs- absolutely, it can go both ways. It can absolutely go both ways. You know, when you, and, and I'm sure that, you know, when you think about, when you think about how body chemistry can affect your ability to feel pain, you know, if your body is burning through the things that make you feel good and you can't get that feeling, right? It, it receives all of those, all of that information on your pain, that those receptors. Yeah, so that's a good point. So even your emotions run through pain. Exactly. So, so when you have, when you don't have anything to take up those receptors that say, Hey, this feels great. and I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And all you have are open receptors that are receiving pain information. Ugh. yeah. 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 I just want to, I want to say, uh, I was, my blood sugar, my A1C was 13.3, like three years ago. And I started, I discounted it, diminished it, went through the, went to the doctor for everything. It was swelling my intestines causing that pain. And when I went to a salad based diet, exercise routine change, my A1C a week ago is 7.3 and seven is normal. Like I asked her, can I get down to three? And she said, yeah, if you're dead. And I was like, all right. And so they're starting to take me off those medications. And now I'm working on healing those things that hurt that are Mm -hmm. left because now my liver and my kidneys aren't swelling. My, my, my colon isn't swelling my bladder shut all these wonderful things. And Mm -hmm. now I'm getting sleep. I'm not in pain. I woke up this morning and I was like, Oh shit, there's no pain. And I went back to sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just think that's cool. And I think more people should recognize that pain has an effect on others, you know, and we all kind of go through that. Absolutely. Like it's Mm. very pain is one of those things where, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, when 
with chronic pain management, I know that a lot of hospital systems in rural settings, at least in Washington, they were mm-hmm. trying to focus on how do you deal with pain management? Because if they could deal with pain management and get you to a, a better baseline, they knew that they would be able to you know, change all of these other things that might be happening. Public Access America. It's always funny because like, Especially because as you know, libertarians, we get a ton of shit, even amongst other libertarians. I think political philosophy is a lot like religion, and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying. The main, the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because, well, we've seen how that's gone, and you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way. You know, more dependence on connections with each other. But you can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making. In the making. Right. You can't so, do a good. You can't do a good routine when your routine is just to get rid of something you can't get rid of. Exactly. Oh my God, Jeffrey, I got the best Christmas gift. It was a little late, but I got it. Aaron Rodgers. Bye. Oh, it was so beautiful. And honestly, that game was horrible. And I watched about a quarter and a half, and my power went out. And it didn't come back, didn't come back on. And I had to watch like the news and they said, yeah, Green Bay isn't going any further. And I was like, yes, (laughs) liars lie and they never win. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. And of course, you know, I could, you could just hear like the, the butt hurt. It's like, Uh you know, the Packers as an organization, like the Packers as an organization are putting up with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, you know what? change something and maybe i'll feel differently it's just so funny he's like he might be the best quarterback in the worst league he's he might not he i don't think he's the best quarterback in the in his division but he might be the best quarterback in his division but that is the worst division in football so the packers think they're gold and they're walking around with puffy chests but they couldn't possibly beat anybody outside of their division to be honest consistently and that's why I'm so happy. I don't like him. I just don't like him. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a Chicago bear fan and he's an anti-vaxxer douchebag. So I'm happy that I'm happy that he failed. I don't even really care about San Francisco, you know what I mean? Right. but I'm so happy. They won just to prove green Bay a lesson. You're not great. You've never been great. Half of your, half of your games are with teams that are inferior to you. <laughs> and that's why you have the, the schedule and the reputation you do, but you can't go outside of your division and consistently beat like Baltimore or any other team. You know what I mean? So, right. Yay. What do you think's going on with, uh, I kind of want to get your opinion. This isn't oh. so Vladimir Putin and Ukraine. You got any opinions on this shit? I actually posted a status on this. Uh, and so let me, let me read that to you because okay. I think that this is, this is absolutely one of my f- favorites that I've posted. Hey, Vladimir um, Putin, here's how public access America feels about you brought to you so, by public access America. So, so the way that I put it was imagine being bullied. 
Day after day, right. your bully hits you, kicks you, hurts you, turns friends against you, and threatens you every day. Yep. You get tired of being bullied, so you make some new friends. You get stronger mentally. You do stuff that makes you stronger. You know your bully is still bigger than you, but you have bigger friends now, and you learned how to fight back. Now your bully says you're threatening him. And that is how I describe what Russia is doing to Ukraine. Right. <clears throat> And you basically got the bigger friends, right? Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, this is one of those things where uh, whatever the fuck Putin has decided to do is not great. And I would say that whatever Europe decided was went in terms of allowing themselves to have uh, negotiations with, oh. with Russia for Russian gas. I, I think that's just absolutely oh. dumb what they did. Well, the German, the new German leader said, if they invade Ukraine, that's off. We're turning it off. And I thought that was pretty bold to say. And I know America will supplement them. I oh, know yeah. we will. We'll subsidize natural gas. We'll pour it in, you know. But the problem is, is that Ukraine earns $250 billion a year from the pipeline that runs through them. You know? But what I didn't like was out of nowhere, Putin put a knife up to the world's throat and said, I have demands. You didn't even try any other way. No, you can't come at me with a gun and get what you want. Like you said, a bully can't just walk up to me and say, give me your lunch money. I'd rather get the shit kicked out of me. You know what I mean? Then, then kneel to some guy. And I really, I don't like that. I want a unified front. I'm telling people I would love it if we just mass troops along Russia's border in every other country. And if Russia moves forward, they move forward because you can't defend your whole territory at once. You know, <laughs> that's and and that's the thing is like you know they're like NATO. You know, Ukraine can't join NATO. It's like, well, that's up for Ukraine to decide if they want to right. join NATO. Number one, and, that's and the other number thing. two, it, then it's up to the members of NATO to decide whether or not Ukraine is going to join NATO. So, right. like. You know, and and also three. NATO has always been see who they want, buddy. They're yeah, your ex. they're not your current. Well, and that's the thing is, is that you know, even like there's a really great article about you know what you know what uh, the current relationship between Ukraine and uh, uh, Ukraine and Russia looks like right now. A lot of Ukrainians who spoke Russian primarily have gone back to speaking Ukrainian because they're you know they feel as though they've just been bullied and pushed around and they're over it. That's right. That's right. Nobody wants <clears throat> to live under communism. NATO is the choice communism or, you know, I'm not saying I don't, I don't even democracy because they're not all democracies. You, I don't even think Ukraine necessarily wants to live under NATO. I, I think, don't think so either. I think they're, they're looking to NATO because of Russia. Like legitimately right. they, they had absolutely no no reason to join NATO until 2014. Because their choices are NATO, democracy, communism, Vladimir Putin, or something of their own choice. And that's, they're free to do that. And the other thing is Vladimir Putin says NATO is encroaching on his sovereignty and security. The only reason NATO exists is because he's the threat. You know what well, I mean? well, NATO so existed it, because of the Soviet threat back in the day. Right. Right. <clears throat> And, and then now all of these the Vladimir Putin threat. Right. It's like NATO hasn't done absolute, NATO hadn't done absolute dog shit between, right. you know, the fall of the Soviet Union and when 
Putin decided that he wanted to try and rebuild whatever the fuck it is that he's trying right. to rebuild. Like for the longest time, NATO was more like a drinking club. That's right. That's what it is. It's basically they met a couple times a year to have fun, like the G7 or the G20. Right. They're, they're, only, they're only there to counter the threat from communism. And China really isn't a threat in Europe that way. Economically, they are, but not militarily. You no. know? In North Korea, they might be sending a, like a rocket to the United States, Hawaii, Guam, Japan, but not europe but that's just so risk in my mind i just see the game of risk with russia piling and the other thing is like we're all worried about ukraine but we're not worried about the other country the other former soviet countries where the seeds of his instability are being laid like Mm -hmm. right now yeah Ukraine is the is the watermelon that grew but in these other countries like what was that with the gas price hike in Karakistan, not Karakistan. damn it kazakhstan kazakhstan like how do you not see that as a total instability by russia in an in an in an, in an, in an initial stage he caused com they, there was a conflict over rising natural gas prices they didn't diminish the threat by giving them more natural gas to lower the prices they brought in military and killed almost a like uh, a thousand people maybe it's a thousand prison imprisoned 120 yeah there was there's some there was there was a few dead but there was like thousands uh, a thousand or two that were they, imprisoned they didn't try and stabilize the economy to help the people they they used that as a chance to oppress the people you know and that's going to happen in other places like lithuania and estonia which by the way thank you to Lithu- lithuania and estonia and the other one luxembourg no Three countries started sending aid to Ukraine. And uh, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. Latvia, right. <clears throat> Those three, because they're going to catch a lot of shit. They're on the front line right there, and Russia mm-hmm. could retaliate just for that. So I really respect them for doing that. I don't know anything about Estonia. You rock, though. Lithuania, you're my heroes. Latvia, I want to be there after Malta, though. <laughs> I would love to go see I would love to go see the Baltic states. I think that would be a fantastic oh, yeah. uh, journey. Me too. Uh, is there anything you want to review or mention or tell people to pay attention to? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I would say, honestly, get your boosters. Uh, if you haven't done that already, that's a good idea. Um, just because there's plenty of evidence out there that boosters, while not as effective, are still pretty damn good event against omicron lots of people are catching covid out there especially a lot of friends of ours and you know they're like yeah just felt like an awful head cold and we're better that's what the boosters do that's what the boosters do so i found a new a new artist uh her name joy oladokum just just beautiful just beautiful so if anyone has a chance check out joy ola Oladokum. I'm still trying to learn the name, but I heard her on Song Exploder and I bought the album before the episode was finished. Nice. And the other one is there's this. I know you don't watch a lot of TV, so I tried to avoid it, but there is literally the best Travelocity commercial. The new Travelocity commercial could be the best ever commercial for this age, like in history. 
And it all has to do with the Travelocity denier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God. So, but it really, I don't, I know, I know Dan doesn't agree with this. I don't know how you feel about it, but I believe when a society reaches the stage of mocking things, that's when it becomes less serious. And I think MAGA getting mocked for being MAGA is appropriate. Just like jaywalkers getting mocked for jaywalking was appropriate. It stopped jaywalking. I think we need to make fun of these conspiracy theorists. I mean, that that we, don't trust the government, but then totally trust a section of the government. Right. It's hypocritical. And, and, and I mean, there is evidence that that has worked in the past. I mean, you know, uh, in the old 1950s Superman comics, uh, they made fun of the Ku Klux Klan and membership dropped. Right. I think that's just how it is. Once we mainstream the mocking, and that doesn't mean all of us is an army on Twitter being trolls, but when Travelocity does something like that, that's just, it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just like the, the anger in this mother-in-law's voice. They're lying to you. Open your eyes. It's <clears throat> just, it's just so perfect. It's so deadpan. It's like, it's it's awesome. If it's I hilarious. might send you, I might send you a link. It is hilarious, and I that's how I see mega people like Rogue One. I'm a mega douchebag that just try and get under your skin while you're trying to have a reasonable discussion. You know what I mean? I understand some people are off putting by nature over over text, but you don't need to insult each other. Just having a rational discussion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I talked to this guy John Johnson about racism. And I was teaching him and he was teaching me. And I w- he's like, I just started this journey about learning about this. And I was like, me too. And we're going to have him on the show to talk about it. So we're making connections, but that's it. We, and I, and I told him, did we just reach a compromise on Twitter? Did we just use Twitter to have a solution-based conversation? This is awesome. And mm-hmm. that's what we do on Twitter. So check us out on public access pod. We have a lot of discussions, a lot of groups. We're influencing Texas politics now, by the way, in a way that I didn't think we could, but I can't say much about it on air. So thank you for listening to public access America. I'm Jason. He's Jeffrey. And we will see you at our next live stream next week. Bye. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek security. We support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Things Everybody are bad. knows things are Everybody bad. Knows things it's are bad. a depression. It's in this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. 
Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Stream I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Stitcher, Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.